was last season an outlier? Who winds up playing on Matt Barzell's line? I had a granddaughter who wouldn't talk to me for three weeks because I didn't resign somebody. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 139 in the first of the 2022-23 season as the Islanders open training camp their first under Lane Lambert as they look to return to the playoffs after last year's misadventure (laughs) cost Barry Trotz's job. And hi, I'm your host, Andrew Gross of Newsday. Please check me out on Twitter at A Gross Newsday and also be sure to check out our video content via Newsday TV And on this episode, I'll preview training camp and what to watch for, as well as looking ahead to the new season and what the change in coaching might mean. You'll hear some audio clips from new coach Lane Lambert, also from president and general manager Lou Lamarillo, as well as Captain Anders Lee, and of course, your questions for Andrew's answers. So, let's start with the new coach. We had the chance to sit down with Lane Lambert the other week for a wide-ranging chat. One of the interesting things to watch for in training camp, and yeah, over the course of the season, actually, is to see how Lane Lambert acclimates to being the main bench boss after serving as Barry Trotz's associate coach the past four seasons with the Islanders and serving on Barry Trotz's staff since 2011 through previous uh, stops in Nashville and Washington. I started by asking Lane how different his summer was just in prepping for his first season as the head coach rather than being an assistant. Yeah, I mean, it was different for sure. Um, You know, it's, it was a little bit more, there's a little bit more involved, I guess, you know, being a head coach as opposed to being an assistant coach. But at the same time, there was, there was a lot of similarities too, because I had gone through Right. Uh, you know, you, you work hand in hand with with your assistants, and mm-hmm. and you know, as Barry did, Barry and I did, and so mm-hmm. I had gone through a lot of it, uh, you know, over the past number of years. But certainly, you know, it was certainly a, a little bit of a different, a little bit more work this summer, for sure. <laughs> yeah. which is good. Then I asked Lane what differences we might see in training camp, or whether there was a, a training camp template. That could and would serve him well. There's a bit of a template in place. Yeah. But certainly, there's variations to it. You know, it's no different than, uh, you know, obviously, like I say, we worked together a long time. He's been a good mentor. Yeah. I think the the you know the templates there for any training camp. Um, you know, what's the the nuts and bolts inside the training camp? Yeah. You know, the different things, the different way things are done in terms of on ice stuff and practices those you know there will be a little subtleties there but uh, yeah. overall it's a pretty similar template at any training camp to be honest the players have praised lambert's attention to detail his communication and his intensity a, a lot of that based on lane lambert's three game interim stint in january while barry trotz was forced to be absent uh, both for family reasons and because of uh, covid Lou Lamarillo has hired Lambert to be a quote-unquote new voice, Uh, so there is some urgency on Lambert's part to show that he is his own man, uh, his own boss, and I asked Lamarillo when we chatted with him at this this week at the team's annual 
charity golf outing about his communication with Lane Lambert and how that might change or, or, or how a sort of a, a new communication channel might have to be established with Lane Lambert serving as a head coach rather than as an associate coach. I think it goes back to what I said earlier. It's just honesty. Mm-hmm. Never leave anything, uh, you know, uh, on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, just you speak what you feel. Uh, sometimes you disagree to agree, agree to disagree, mm-hmm. but you go forward on whatever decisions are there. Uh, but communication is the key word. And trust uh, in relationships. Uh, uh, Barry uh, Trotz and myself have a tremendous relationship today, uh, without question, because communication was always there. Remember, we're in this to win. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, when things don't go, and I happen to sit in the seat that has to make some of those decisions, whether people like them or don't like them, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even when it comes to free agency, uh, I've gone through when. I had a granddaughter who wouldn't talk to me for three weeks because I didn't re-sign somebody. So I see it at home. Uh, so it's not something unique to, uh, to any particular situation. Captain Anders Lee, too, was asked about the two-way communication with Lambert uh, at the golf outing. And, and here's uh, Anders' response to that. I think that's a fair way to look at it. I think, you know, he's, he's going to be the head coach and he's, he's the one making all the decisions and, and uh, he's going to command the room in a different way. And, um, you know, I think we're looking forward to, to seeing what that is, and uh, we get to do that in a few days. How do you expect his communication style to maybe be different from, from Paris? Uh, I don't know about different, but I know Lane, and I know that he's very, you know, he, hold, he holds guys to a high standard. He's, he, he demands a lot from, you know, the penalty kill and, and the role that he takes with the guys, and it's going to be no different with him uh, you know, behind the bench. So it's just, uh, you know, the accountability and, um, you know, having trust in his players and, and his guys and, you know, expecting a lot from a group that uh, has the ability to show that. Switching coaches is, is always a big change. But other than that, these Islanders are very much almost the same group that missed out on the playoffs last season after making it to uh, back-to-back trips to the NHL Final Four, only to lose to the eventual Stanley Cup champion Lightning in both 2020 and 21. Uh, th- there are some differences. Uh, notably, veterans Dano Chara and Andy Green have moved on. Uh, Chara this week signed a one-day deal with the Bruins to retire with that organization. He uh, he captained the Bruins, of course, to a Stanley Cup in, in 2011 and, and in his very classy retirement speech. And, and that was the one thing uh, that we all have learned about Zdeno Chara. He, he pretty much does everything in a classy way. So, uh, you know, he has this classy retirement speech and he went out of his way to thank both past and present members of the Islanders organization. Uh, The organization uh, he both started and ended his 24-season career with. But uh, getting back to Lane Lambert and and this season's uh, Islanders team, for for all of Lambert and the players' talk of internal competition and, and, and younger players pushing for spots, there really doesn't seem to be many available as training camp does open. And, and that's because Lamarillo 
uh, did not make many off-season moves, uh, or one of the reasons there's, you know, not a lot of spots in training camp is because Lamarillo did not make many off-season moves other than re-signing some of his own players. Uh, he acquired 22-year-old defenseman Alexander Romanov from the Canadians for the 13th overall pick. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Alex Romanov uh, just in a little bit here. He, he brought in 24-year-old journeyman defenseman Dennis Chalowski uh, to potentially earn an NHL spot on uh, on Wednesday, which was when the veterans reported to uh, training camp. Uh, the Islanders and Lou Lamarillo announced uh, three more signings, one bringing back uh, defenseman Parker Wotherspoon, who was uh, a remaining restricted free agent. And uh, they also re-signed uh, goalie Corey Schneider, who comes back for his third season with the Islanders organization. And and also an interesting one, uh, forward uh, Nikita Shoshnikov, uh, who uh, worked with Lou with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's had some time in the NHL also uh, with the Blues, never a, a really a high scorer or anything like that. But uh, uh, Shoshnikov, uh, signs with the Islanders, and uh, it's a reported one-way deal, um, meaning he only has the NHL salary. So there's a, uh, you know, that that would seem to indicate that Nikita Soshnikov is is also going to uh, compete for a roster spot uh, amongst the forward group here in training camp. Uh, you know, my take on it is that all, all three likely, at least to start. Uh, are going to start with uh, the Islanders' AHL affiliate in Bridgeport. Um, for Lamarillo, uh, Lamarillo at, at the NHL draft did speak of making hockey trades, and I'm putting that in quotations, hockey trades. Um, but, you know, uh, he said this week, uh, whatever he investigated and whatever he, he considered, the moves presented to him uh, would not have improved the roster and he would have had to delete something else, obviously, uh, that would have, uh, you know, impaired the Islanders roster in his uh in his estimation. So other than the Romanov deal, it was quiet on the trade front and that's not necessarily what uh, Islander fans or to be fair, us in the media thought uh, this off season would go that way. We, uh, it was kind of uh, presumed or, or speculated that there would be more off season uh, action, uh, both in terms of free agents and trades. Uh, I, I did ask Anders Lee if he thought it was a surprise there wasn't more rostover changeover this off season. Not really. I mean, our our group is a strong group. I mean, I I don't think um, it was the group it, collectively. We just didn't put it all together last year, and 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 I don't think that is, uh, it was a personnel issue. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we just we had we had a lot going on that we that kept us from performing the way we needed to and and we had to overcome quite a bit of, big of a hole and you know in a long stretch in the long season we didn't have time to stumble any further than we already had early on so um and you know when we did a couple times later it, it was uh kind of devastating Ilya Sorokin and Semyon Varlamov are all set as the goalie duo is as, as you know this is why they're not 
many roster spots available. Sorokin and Varlamov are going to be the goalies, barring injury. Schneider uh, provides some some good injury insurance at AHL Bridgeport. Uh, he'll work uh, uh, with Jakub Shkarek uh, as, as the goalie tandem uh, at at Bridgeport to start, or at least that's the uh, projection there. And then you look at the forwards and, uh, you know, we talked about uh, Shoshnikov coming in, but really 11 of the 12 forward spots seem to be spoken with. Uh, and, and just going through in alphabetical order amongst the veterans coming back, you got Josh Bailey, Matthew Barzell, Anthony Beauvillier, Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Sasekis, Anders Lee, Matt Martin, Brock Nelson, Jean-Cabriel Pajot, Kyle Palmieri, and Zach Parisi. And uh, all those are ticketed for the, the top 12. And, and then... Uh, it would be a huge disappointment, really, if Oliver Wallstrom can't crack that top 12 either. Um, you've got Kiefer Bellows and Ross, and Ross Johnson coming back as well. Uh, and, and like I said, Nikita Shoshnikov uh, would be in the mix, you know, for one of those extra spots. And uh, uh, that doesn't seem to leave room for any prospects and the two that have been focused on through this uh prospect development camp and and going into training camp would be Atu Ratu and, and William DeFore and both both of them looked like they have a future in the NHL you know it's sometimes tough to glean too much information from the drills especially without a, a rookie game or anything like that to judge them on but uh, Atu Ratu and William DeFore uh, certainly looked the part in in, in prospect camp. Uh, uh, Ratu, you can see that he sees the ice well. Uh, he looks for, uh, you know, looks to set up his line mates. He can control the puck. Um, they're using him in the middle, or at least they did in, in, in prospect camp. Um, he, he plays a little bit of wing, but I, I think it would be more valuable to the organization if Ratu uh, can wind up in the middle. And then Dufour is a really interesting prospect. He's 20, uh, coming out of uh, juniors, and he really came on, obviously, last season. Um, and also for Team Canada and the World Juniors. And uh, he's, he's, a, he's an interesting mix because he, he clearly... It seemed to have the best shot in prospect camp. He's got a lethal, hard, hard, heavy shot, but he's also got a little bit of Cal Clutterbuck to his game. He's a he's a big boy. Uh, it certainly looks like he'll be able to withstand uh, the physical nature of the NHL, go into the corners, retrieve the puck, uh, punish opponents, all that type of stuff. Be a, a little bit of a scrappy player. Um, I, I don't necessarily know that he would be ticketed for uh, a top-line assignment, but you could probably uh, plug and play him in other lines, and any of the other lines uh, up and down, uh, when he does get to the NHL. But Lou Lamarillo asked specifically about Atu Ratu and William DeFore, um, said those two probably are not quite ready to jump right into the NHL again, uh, DeFore, uh, coming out of juniors, Canadian juniors. Ratu was part of Bridgeport's playoff run uh, last season, but really this is his first full North American season, so no need to rush them, uh, especially with the forward group so, you know, filled to the brink there. Um, defensively, 
Romanov will, will help the Islanders move the puck out of their own zone. And, and that's something that's been lacking since Lou Lamarillo traded away Devon Taves and Nick Letty uh, in successive off-seasons for salary cap reasons. In something that will no doubt endear Romanov to the fan base, he does have a uh, penchant for laying out opponents with big, heavy checks. And, uh, you know, that's that's always fun when that kind of guy is on on your side. So uh, Romanov becomes part of a solid core of five established defensemen, along with Ryan Pulak, Adam Pellick, Noah Dobson, and Scott Mayfield. The lefty uh, Romanov may, may very well wind up paired with the righty Dobson, which has the potential to be a very exciting pairing of 22-year-olds. Lambert, though, will no doubt also try Romanov uh, at different times through training camp in the preseason with Pulak and Scott Mayfield to see what works best. Um, And uh, just uh, uh, to mention, the Islanders have a six-game uh, preseason schedule, and that opens on Monday, September 26th against the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Three road games, three home games uh, at UBS Arena, so none of this running up to Bridgeport like it's been the past couple of seasons. Uh, they'll play at UBS, and uh, you know, just getting back to uh, the, the, the defense pairings, and this is me speaking here, uh, my opinion, I don't think Lambert should go away from the Pellet-Pulak uh, top pairing. Uh, that happened early last season as Barry Trotz uh, tried to buttress Dano Chara through some early season struggles. And uh, breaking up Pellet and Pulak, I really thought that that weakened the team. So I, I would like to see that top pairing start the season together and, and, and stick together. And, and then you figure out the other four. But... Um, if there is one real training camp competition, it seems like, it would be for the 6th and 7th and possibly 8th defenseman roles. And actually, I think that will just be the 6th and the 7th. Uh, my opinion is the Islanders will go with 14 forwards and 7 defensemen rather than 13 forwards and 8 defensemen. Uh, and and Lamarillo deliberately, it, it seems and turns out, did not bring any players into training camp on professional tryout offers for for even more competition uh it's a it's a pretty common occurrence around the NHL but here's Lou uh, explaining why he didn't bring in any players on a, a PTO professional tryout offer if we thought that there was a player that could uh potentially get a, a spot then we would have done that uh i think with the roster that we have uh, it would have been very difficult for that to happen because, in my opinion, we have some young players who are very close to playing, and they're going to get the opportunity, uh, you know, to push or earn uh, that position. And I also feel that if, uh, you know, we need something at a given time, uh, then, you, you know, you look around. Uh, but right now we're very comfortable with the group we have. I've said it right along. Um, you know, certainly everybody was waiting for something to transpire, but you don't do something unless you can get better. And whenever you add, uh, you know, potentially you have to subtract. Uh, and, and right now we're in a good situation uh, with our cap, with our group, uh, and uh, I'm extremely comfortable 
no matter any, what anyone might think. Lou being satisfied with the internal candidates, as he said he is. When when you look at that sixth, seventh, eighth spot, whatever it turns out to be, probably you know a, a few guys battling for two spots. Um, you, you like I mentioned, uh, Dennis Cholowski, who's had some time in the NHL. He split a few games last season between the Kraken and the uh, and the Capitals. He's only still 24. He's a former first rounder uh, selected by the Red Wings. So the Islanders are you know thinking they can squeeze a little bit more out of Dennis Jalowski. He'll be in the mix and uh, Sebastian Ajo. Uh, after being non-qualified, uh, still winds up re-signing with the Islanders. So uh, Sebastian Ajo, the Islanders version of Sebastian Ajo, is back to compete uh, again for a spot. And uh, he's sort of in that seventh role the other season. Um, you can use him in stretches. Uh, he is not shown yet uh, that he's defensively, you know, you can use him for long stretches in the NHL. He still has to tighten up that part of his game. Uh, so you got Sebastian Ajo, Dennis Chalowski, uh working for a spot. You, you also have Robin Sallow, a very exciting prospect. You know, he, he showed some flashes uh, in his time with the Islanders last season. Uh, and uh, Lou Lamarillo and the staff certainly believe he can at least compete here. But I, I would say for Robin Sallow's development, if he's not going to be the sixth def- defenseman and play on a consistent basis, it's probably more prudent at least to start for the Islanders to start him at Bridgeport with, uh, with constant playing time. Um, and then you have Grant Hutton, uh, who's 27, undrafted free agent, and he had some uh, uh, limited appearances with the Islanders last season, too. And he was impressive in a non-impressive way. And I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. And it is, I am trying to compliment him. And, and, and my opinion is, I, I think Grant Hutton has a very strong chance of, of making this lineup because he's not flashy. He's he's more of a stay-at-home defenseman, uh, but he doesn't make many mistakes on the ice. He's a big body. He's a smart hockey IQ type of guy. Knows how to clear the net. Um, does just enough to get you know into the right positions. He he does enough right things, and he doesn't get caught doing many wrong things. And I think that could be very valuable to the Islanders. And uh, I don't think he's a guy that necessarily needs more seasoning at the AHL level, certainly at 27. Um, you know, and it, he was an undrafted free agent. Uh, so, you know, he joins the organization uh, a little bit later in life or in his playing career. But still, I, he's a guy I could certainly see uh, it being a seventh defenseman, if not you know, getting he he could put push for that sixth spot as well. I I, I liked what he I, I saw out of him at, uh, at, at this last week at development camp, and uh, uh, you know he 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 didn't have to be at development camp at, at age twenty seven, um, but it's always good to get as much ice time as possible. So uh, I, I, he's a guy that I really think the Islanders can rely upon. I, I, I don't know if he's being overlooked in the, in this competition, uh, maybe from outside. 
I, 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 I'm a, I'm a big fan of Grant Hutton's game, and I think he could really help the Islanders uh, in, in that kind of role. You also have uh, you know, Samuel Bolduck uh, again was at uh, development camp, and he's a really big body, and I, I think. You know, sort of like Robin Sallow, he's got a probably a higher ceiling than the, you know a, a Grant Hutton or Dennis Chalowski, uh at, at this point, or even a, a Sebastian Ajo at this point. But you know whether that is right now, I'm not a hundred percent sure for Samuel Bulldog. And again, like Robin Sallow, if Bulldog is not going to play consistently, he's probably better off down at the AHL level uh, for sure. Um, but in addition uh, to, to trying out the dif- different defensive pairings and, and trying to settle on that sixth, seventh, maybe an eighth defenseman, Lane Lambert will also spend plenty of time trying to piece the right line combinations together. And I, I think, honestly, I, I think everything's on the table here, though the smart money certainly is on the identity fourth line. Uh, uh, with Casey Zizekas between Matt Martin and a healthy Cal Clutterbuck. I, I think that line remains intact. Clutterbuck, uh, from what Lane Lambert says, is ready for training camp. Um, he had shoulder surgery and his season ended with the shoulder uh, injury in March, but uh, Clutter, Clutter is back. Um, and if he's healthy and I, I, I certainly see Lambert sort of relying, uh, at least at the start of the season on that Sisekis Martin Clutterbuck line, sort of like Barry Trotz did. Um, but really of particular interest is who winds up playing on Matt Barzell's line. And that seemed to be, uh, a never ending open-ended question last season after Jordan Everly went to the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft, uh, Barry Trotz finally relented and tried Oliver Wallstrom there uh, with with Barzell later in the season, and that thirteen games it just it, it was a mess because they didn't mesh. Um, look, anticipating what Barzell will and will not do with the puck is tricky, and last season really showed that it, it, it's not a plug and play as far as line mates with Matthew Barzell, it's there, there's got to be some real anticipation or some natural anticipation of what Barzell is going to do. And, and for whatever reason, they, they never really settled on a line or line mates with Barzell who could do that last season. So it's sort of imperative uh, for Lane Lambert to get that going uh, soon. You know, one of Lane Lambert's mandates as he takes over the big chair, is coaxing uh, more production out of Barzell. Now, Barry Trotz did a wonderful job, uh, you know, and and Lane Lambert has to be included in that conversation too as the associate coach, but they they did expand Matthew Barzell's game incrementally over the last four seasons to where he's a much more responsible player within the NHL confines. He's not just up, up ice. He's not just a point producer. It, it did take away from his point production, and that's what everyone looks at, but 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 Matt Barzell is a more complete player as the result of working with Barry Trotz and, and Lane Lambert. But now, like I said, one of Lane Lambert's mandates uh, as the head coach is coaxing more production out of Matt Barzell while 
maintaining that responsibility, that defensive responsibility in Matt Barzell's game. Uh, Lambert, uh, of course, would not detail his plans on how to do just that, but there are plans. Well, the thing about uh, Matt is he's obviously he's an extremely dynamic and talented player. And, uh, you know, he, he, we need him to be the best. You know, we need him to be the best or at his best every night in order for us to have success. The one thing I've, I've learned about Matt and certainly over the last four years is his growth uh, as a player, as an overall player. And, you know, his point production may have dropped a little bit, but in, it's the other areas of the game where he's, where he's improved. And, I'm, uh, you know, I've seen that improvement. We're going to continue with that improvement. Obviously, we want, you know, we want to produce uh, points, but really what the ma- main thing is to, is to produce wins. And he's right on board with that. So, you know, in order for him to help us, he's going to be that dynamic guy, that guy who's pushing the pace and, and using his teammates and making his teammates better around him. Um, you know, so I'm, li- I'm looking forward to seeing him continue to grow. So uh, off we go here into what we all hope is as normal an NHL season as possible. COVID will remain with us, but but hopefully, and knocking on wood, it will not impact things nearly as much as it has the past three seasons. Uh, from my end, the media is heading back into the dressing rooms uh, to start the season, to start training camp, and that's the first time we've been in the room with the players since February 2020. Uh, at least from my standpoint, that's a tremendous step forward in, in how I can get information to you uh, as fans of this team. But look, the way I go about doing my job, um, that none of that matters <laughs> really to you, the fans. What you care about is winning and having this team again be a Stanley Cup contender and there has to be questions entering the season. And, and and based certainly off of what we saw last season, whether that will be the case. Uh, I, I've said this in previous episodes. Other people, I believe, have asked the same question. But, but it's, it is the question about the Islanders, especially since there's not much roster change. The, the question is, was last season an outlier? Was last season a bad result caused by a COVID-compromised and compressed schedule? Or, and, and this is what the Islanders are betting it wasn't, but it still has to be out there as a possibility, or was last season the first sign of a team that has aged out of contention? Now, it's very, very clear what Lou Lamarillo believes as he, again, keeps this core together. Um, it's very clear what Lane Lambert believes in his players. He said he was very comfortable with this group. And, and it's very clear what the players believe because players always believe in themselves. But uh, he, here's Lane Lambert uh, when he was asked about whether the Islander players do have something to prove this season well i think that i think there's a sense from the players of you know having to you know having something to prove there's yeah. no question about it but at the same time um you know you look at it you can say whatever you want to say about 
you know, road games or COVID or this or that. There aren't any excuses. Okay. We can't man- make any excuses. And that's why the past is in the past and we're going to move forward. But that's the thing, right? They, they do have to prove it. And uh, I was talking to Scott Mayfield uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, during Islanders night at City Field. And he said, uh, and this is a quote, the last three seasons, the first two were the legit Islanders and last year was not. I think that's what we have to prove. We have to show that we are a contender. Mayfield added, being a contender, it's not just make the playoffs type of contention. Scott Mayfield said the Islanders have to show that they are a contender and that, quote unquote, we're here to win the Stanley Cup. Big dreams always start with small steps. And for the Islanders and around the NHL training camp is just the first step. So we'll... We'll see where all this takes us. And look, it's going to be a very interesting season one way or not, because if it goes south on the Islanders, uh, then then you're talking about you can't trust this group anymore. And it really is time for Lou Lamarillo to change the core. But, you know, that's that's a worst case scenario. And again, there's much optimism that it's going to go the other way for the Islanders. Uh, they, they open with four games at UBS Arena uh, rather than starting the season with a 13-game road trip. Uh, regular season opens on October 13th against the remade Florida Panthers. So uh, that, that's, that's an interesting way to start. The first road trip is uh, the Florida trip. Uh, the first three road games, actually, are all tough. Um, you go Tampa Bay Lightning and Florida Panthers on back-to-back days. And then you uh, there's a couple of home games or a home game. And then uh, it's off to Carolina to play the Hurricanes on the front end of a back-to-back. So uh, road schedule, not easy. And then November starts with the Chicago-St. Louis-Detroit trip, I believe. Uh, um, so the, the road schedule, not necessarily easy, but easier than starting the, the, the season with 13 games. And uh, we'll have plenty to talk about one way or the other this season. And uh, we'll be doing plenty of your questions. And for the first time in the 22-23 NHL season and the Islanders season, we get to your questions with Andrew's Answers. It's time for your questions with Andrew's Answers. As always, thank you to everyone for submitting uh, your questions for Andrew's answers. I'm sorry if I don't get to everything. Uh, We're just going to roll through this, and uh, we'll start off with Coach Jeff24, who says that Elliot Friedman uh, wonderfully clued in uh, and and very uh, bright reporter said he's been told extension talks with Matthew Barzell have started. Do you think any possibility that gets done prior to the season? Uh, do recent extensions like Cairo and uh, Thomas impact negotiations? 
and I'll just uh, rip through that. Um, my understanding is the exact same thing. Uh, there have been talks between uh, Lou Lamarillo and the Islanders and Matthew Barzell. Um, the sense I was getting from the organization um, is that, yeah, there's, there's some optimism with the way the uh, talks have, have gone so far. And uh, yeah, I, I think there, there's definitely a chance uh, something does get done, whether it's done prior uh, to the start of the season or not. I can't necessarily lock that in, but I would not rule that out as a possibility. And yes, um, look, everything impacts negotiations. I remember talking to Matthew Barzell, uh, it might have been before, yeah, in fact, it was before this three-year, 21 million dollar deal that he's entering the last season uh of this season uh before he signed that one uh Barzell was talking about how interested he is in how the other players his age the other RFAs how they do in their negotiations he was specifically looking up to Toronto to see how those deals got done and uh you know, uh, everything sets a bar and everything is a comparable. So, yeah, everything impacts negotiations. And look, if if this gets done the way I think, you know, maybe both sides would like it to get done, you know, you're, you're probably looking at, at an eight-year deal in the, you know, nine to 9.5 million uh, per with an AAV. You know, from what I've heard, there is some... Uh, optimism that that a deal does get done here. Um, let's see. D Cut says, which forward uh, Lou Lamarillo acquired the summer via free agency or trade, or are you most looking forward to seeing at camp? And yeah, a D Cut, I got you. I see what you're doing here. However, uh, <laughs> uh, today's news: uh, the answer would have to be Nikita Shoshnikov. So I actually do have uh, an answer to that. But yeah, the point that D-Cut's trying to make there, I'm assuming, is that uh, uh, no forwards were brought in via free agency and that that hockey trades that we talked about didn't necessarily pan out. Um, Back to Coach Jeff, 24. In your question to Lou at the golf outing, he reiterated his belief in this group. What are the expectations from ownership given this mentality? What will it take for Lou to be on the hot seat? And uh, ownership and John Ledecky have, you know, used the word reiterated, uh, their their trust in Lou. I believe John Ledecky said uh, uh, at the start of this offseason, in Lou we trust, something along those lines. Um Forgive me, John, if that was a little bit of a misquote, but I believe that's what you what you said when asked about uh, free agency and, and, and not bringing some players in. Uh, what will it take for Lou to be on the hot seat? I, I, it, it, he's not in the job for life, but I, I think the hot seat really is when, when his contract is up and they have to negotiate another one and... Uh, you know how that goes, and I, I believe the belief is that he's he's in the fifth year, uh, fifth and final year of a deal this season. But look, if Lou indicates that he wants to stick around, I, I think ownership still has a strong belief in him. Now, if again, if the wheels fall apart, and and you you know, and you're looking at a team that's in the the bottom rung of the NHL, well, look. 
uh, Lou Lamarillo himself, if you uh, uh, watch that video, and this was in reference to uh, not bringing Barry Trotz back, said the Islanders are in the business of winning. It, it, all of all the NHL is in the business of winning. And look, the hot seat would be if this team woefully underperforms again. Um, but for now, uh, ownership uh, has got lose back. Um, Jeff says, and this is not Coach Jeff 24, this is just straight up Jeff says or asks, any sense whether Zdeno Chara will come back to the Islanders organization in any other capacity or perhaps with another NHL organization? And I, I, I kind of get the sense, I, I believe Z's family still lives up in Boston, and I know uh, being close to his family, it, it, as it is for all of us, is a really big deal to uh to Z. So I, I think if he hooks up with an NHL organization, it would probably he'd probably go back to the Bruins. I, I'm sure if if he expressed an interest uh to Lou Lamarillo, it would be something that Lou considered. Uh you know Johnny Boychuk uh is back with the organization this season uh in in a player development role. Uh Lou has loyalty to People who have done well for him, or uh, he knows, are, are bright hockey minds. So I, I'm sure if if Zdeno indicated to Lou he specifically wanted to work for the Islanders, Lou would find something for Zdeno to do. But I I really get the sense that Chara wants to be back in the Boston area with his family. Um, Adam uh, Schechter says, I know the players say the right things on the record about this offseason, but is there anything you've seen from the players that conveys if they're okay or not with the lack of roster moves this summer? And yeah, as I sort of detailed uh, through the uh, uh, the first portion of this podcast, uh, that the, the players are all okay uh, with, with the lack of roster moves. Although, uh, you know, that being said, they like the Alexander Romanov deal. And, and as you know, I believe it was Adam Pellick who, who, who told me this. It's great for current players because they didn't give up a player on their roster for Alexander Romanov. They gave up a draft choice, and that shows that Lou Lamarillo believes in the group and uh, getting assets for a win-now mode. So, no, the the players, the this group, uh, as much as any group I've been covering uh, since I started covering the NHL on a full-time basis in 2003. This group is really, really tight and really enjoys the room and playing together. And uh, they wanted another kick at the can here. They wanted a chance as this group to prove uh, that last season was just an aberration and not a sign of things to come. They're they're being given that chance. It's it's on them right now. Um, Anthony J. Depperman says uh, Lou made confessions that no young players will make roster without seeing how they do or fit with the big club. Uh, Lou, I, I guess Anthony is implying that the translation is that Lou continues to say speed doesn't matter. I I would sort of disagree with that. Every GM in the NHL knows that speed is, if not the most important thing you can have, it's, you know, it's a, a nano inch below the top rung of what you need in the NHL. And uh, 
yeah, you know, uh, the, the Islanders were, were probably not the fastest team. Uh, they certainly weren't the fastest team. But look, uh, if, if Atu Ratu makes the roster, let's just say Atu Ratu makes the roster this season, that doesn't necessarily make the Islanders a faster team. It, it just gives them a, another playmaker. Um, Atu Ratu not being a blinding skater. Uh, so, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, Lou certainly understands the importance of speed and, and, and speed is, and I've said this before, speed isn't always how fast you skate. It's how fast the puck moves up the ice and, and how fast you can make plays and move the puck. And, uh, yes, skating quickly certainly helps the Colorado Avalanche showed that with the, uh, uh, with the consistent pressure they're able to place on opponents, the Islanders cannot play at that level. Um, but they can play faster. I think Alex Romanov is going to help a little bit um, in, in that respect. And uh, it, it's on the forwards and, and, and it's on the defensemen to break out of the zone quicker. If they can break out of the zone quicker, then the Islanders will play a faster game. Uh, Raymond asks, what's the status of Bodie Wild? That's the defenseman uh, who uh, last season uh, did not get a COVID vaccine, and Lou Lamarillo uh, ruled that, uh, you know, he didn't want anyone in the organization uh, who was uh, without a COVID-19 vaccine. So Bodie Wild played in Europe last season. Uh, there's no official word from the Islanders yet, and uh, probably by the time you'll hear this, you'll have seen me tweet out the training camp roster, so we'll know for sure what the status of Bodie Wild is. All I can tell you is when Lou was asked about it earlier this offseason, uh, he basically gave the status quo quote that I know you Islander fans love, but that uh, Bodie Wild uh, was still not going to be allowed to participate because he had not gotten the vaccine and it was over the vaccine status. However, um, that, I believe, uh, that is no longer uh, um, around the NHL, not just the Islanders. Um, uh, that is no longer a valid reason for exclusion from uh, you know, participation uh, with an NHL organization. Um, your vaccine status. And uh, when I checked the Islanders' website, Bodie Wild was listed on the uh, roster. So uh, again, uh, you know, follow up, uh, follow my tweets. I'm at Agros Newsday, and uh, we'll see if he's on the ice at training camp. Um, Misadventures of Super Nick, which by the way, uh, is trademarked. Um, is there a feeling that players don't want to come here because of possible cap restrictions or how the team underperformed last season and Lou didn't do anything to try to upgrade? Well, look, you know, Lou was in on free agent discussions, uh, you know, and we're, we're talking about the Johnny Goudreau's and uh, uh, Nazem Kadri's, that type of stuff. So uh, it, it's it, it's an unfair uh, um descriptor to say Lou didn't do anything to try and upgrade. He did do, uh, he tried to upgrade it just, you know, other than the Alex Romanov and bringing in Dennis Chalowski and uh, today Nikita Shoshnikov, um, you know, there wasn't that, you know, splashy free agent 
signing, but that doesn't mean Lou didn't do anything to try and upgrade, if that makes sense. And no, there, there's not a feeling that players don't want to come here. And look, the, the Islanders are actually in decent shape with the salary cap. They'll be able to add, especially as, uh, you know, daily cap space accrues as the season goes on. So around the trade deadline, the Islanders will be in really good shape. And uh, as far as underperforming last season, I, I don't, I, I don't think that, came into the equation. I, I, I look at everything, uh, especially with free agents, as separate circumstances. Um, everything's an individual negotiation. I don't think there's an overriding blanket of free agents trying to avoid the Islanders. Um, St. James says there's questions about the coaching staff, about uh, puck moving D-man, and about the forward scoring enough. It seems like only there are questions, uh, I guess what he's saying, the only question there is not about is the goaltending, and uh, you can say it like that, although, you know, the questions about the forwards are, are not necessarily the personnel, but how uh, they're they're uh, aligned, and other than, as I, I mentioned before, the sixth, seventh, possibly eighth defenseman, uh, you pretty much know your roster coming out of training camp, but yeah, where there are the fewest questions, it's about Ilyas uh, Sorokin and Simeon Varlamov. Pretty much the only question there is, what kind of split are they going to get? Is it going to be riding the hot hand again, or is this the year where Ilyas Sorokin uh, definitively takes over as a number one? I, I would think, uh, if I had to guess, you know, I, I think Sorokin gets around 50 games, uh, you know, maybe a 50-32 split, something like that uh, would be my best prediction. Um, Mike Fink says, I have a few, but all on ice related. Uh, and this is, here come the questions. Who wins the left side defenseman job, the last piece on the unit in question? What does the overall health of the roster look like? Uh, key injuries to watch. Where is Wallstrom playing on the forward unit and who is centering his line? And those are all valid and, and good questions. Um, the, the left side defenseman's job, um, look, uh, I think, you know, it, it would probably be best uh, if Robin Sallow steps up, uh, given the ceiling that he has. Um, but I'm not necessarily sure it will go like that, um, through, through camp. So, uh, but you know, uh, I would, I, I think that gives you the most talent, uh, on the ice. If Robin Sallow is out there, uh, you know, could it be Sebastian Ajo to start? That is a, a, a certainly a possibility. Uh, just back to Sallow for a second. The nice thing about Robin Sallow is there is a versatility there. He is uh, uh, apparently comfortable playing both on the left side and the right side, probably a lot more than uh, Sebastian Ajo would be, I, I believe, from uh, the reports I I've gotten. So, uh, again, you know, that's uh, probably, you know, I think that works out to be the best case scenario for the Islanders uh, is a Sallow, but I'm not necessarily sure that's how it works. And again, you, you heard me before uh, talk about how much I like uh, Grant Hutton's game. 
Um, he's, he's a right-hander. So how that fits in might be a little bit tougher, but I, I certainly think Hutton is in the mix at the minimum for a uh, for a seventh D-man role. Um, let's see, where else? What does the overall health of the roster look like? Key injuries to watch. And uh, Lane Lambert said pretty much good to go. He expects every player to be available for training camp. And that, um, you know, that includes, uh, you know, Scott Mayfield and Cal Clutterbuck, whose seasons were shut down. Uh, what was at the end of March? Clutter had uh, shoulder surgery. Um, and Scott was dealing with a, a lower leg injury. I believe he blocked a shot. And, uh, uh, I talked to Scott specifically about it. He said he had a normal off season, uh, worth of work and good to go. No issues. Um, and Cal Clutterbuck, uh, we, we've also been told that he's going to be good to go. I haven't gotten a chance to, uh, talk to him yet, but, uh, we've been told that he's, He's good to go. And and where is Wallstrom playing on the forward unit and who is centering his line? And, you know, as I said before, uh, this, you, you know, this is a huge year for Oliver Wallstrom. He, he, he needs to become more consistent. He, he uh, you know, best case scenario, he needs to learn how to play with Matthew Barzell probably. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not quite sure where he plays. I mean, you know, quite possibly to start, you you see that Parisi Peugeot Wallstrom line again. Uh, that that would not shock me. Um, Matt, professional contrarian or not, asks Lou more or less said that the prospects will start in the AHL. From from what you have seen so far during the prospect rookie camp, who would you put your money on to break into the NHL this season, uh, if any? Um, Look, I, I think later in the season, uh, there's a chance for an Atu Ratu uh, to come on up. Um, I'm not sure if this is the season Samuel Bolduck uh, can make that next step. Um, he's knocking on the doorstep. Uh, like I said, I, I think it's all about Robin Sallow and what kind of uh, progress he can make there. I know everyone wants to see William Defour because of, uh, you know, the that kind of dual combination for physicality and, and that heavy shot and production. Um, but, you know, if I had to put money someplace, I'm, I'm probably putting it on Robin Sallow. Um, let's see, drive for five. Uh, any, any more news on what's going on with Parker Wotherspoon? Um, so when Drive for Five submitted this question, Wotherspoon still remained an unsigned, uh, RFA. And as Drive for Five points out, uh, Bridgeport depth is a must. And as I mentioned, I believe earlier, Parker Wotherspoon, uh, uh, agreed to a deal on the first day of training camp. So he is back in the fold. Um, Iceman192231 uh, just asked simply, why didn't Lou make the necessary moves to upgrade the roster over the summer? It is, it, it, it's a valid question in a lot of ways because uh, Lou will tell you uh, that the moves he made did upgrade the roster and the moves he didn't make didn't downgrade the roster. Um, we're, we're talking about free agents. And as I said, Lou was in on that and, uh, time will tell uh, how much of a fail it was for the Islanders not to, uh, to bring anyone in. I, I can report, uh, whether or not Lou did or did not bring in as many players as you wanted. He was in on the action. 
Um, it didn't, it didn't work out. Um, so, and Lou does not talk about specific negotiations. I would love to give you some inside stuff on why those, some of those deals that the Islanders were trying to get done did fall apart. That would be fascinating. Um, let's see. OMG Islanders said, do you think the schedule should limit all out of division games to just two games home and away? This would allow uh, for more interdivisional games. I can't believe we have the same amount of games uh, against the Rangers as against the Florida Panthers. And um, look, I, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree. I, I And I've had this, uh, you know, debate with a lot of people around the league who say playing the same team over and over and over again uh, gets boring. But really, I, I, I go the other way. I, I don't see the need to play home-and-home games uh, with the Arizona Coyotes or the Seattle Kraken or the San Jose Sharks. I, I just don't. Those games don't necessarily do it for me. I really like divisional play, particularly as you get into February, March, and April. I think it should be emphasized. I, and you're right. It's crazy uh, that you're playing the Rangers as much as the Panthers. I, I don't like this setup at all. I would like to see as many interdivisional games as possible, and it's it's not a bad it's not a bad proposal. I don't know how the math works. Uh, Greg Pickers, your guy for uh, uh, figuring out all this crazy math, uh, you know, balancing the schedules. But if you just played two games against every other team uh, in in the three other divisions and uh, you you got the rest in the division. I I would be a happy person uh, with that. Having said that, that would limit me to uh, you know just one trip to Montreal every season, whereas every other season I get two trips to Montreal. So that uh, there there might have to be some kind of you know uh, exemption for the Montreal where uh, where every team. Uh, should play the Canadians, you know, should get to go to Montreal at least twice in a season. Um, and last one, Dale Skidmore says, are we non-renewing lose contract after this year? And uh, look, it's, I, 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 I answered a question about Lou earlier in uh, Andrew's answers, and you, you got to tell me how this season goes, because if the wheels fall off here, yeah, ownership might need to think about a different direction. Uh, I, I'll be honest, and I'll, I'll try and make some season predictions uh, coming up in the in the next episode or two. But I, I don't, I don't see the wheels falling off. Let me just put it that way. So uh, I, I think, as far as Lou's contract, if they have. You know, if they have a playoff season and Lou is uh, wants to come back and he said he still gets very excited by this and he'll know it's time to walk away when he's not excited going into training camp. And uh, he does turn 80 next month. And, uh, you know, he's probably the, one of the most in-shape 80-year-olds or 79-year-olds I, I, I've ever been around. Um, I, I wish I was in the shape Lou Lamarillo was in. Um, but with that, that's all the questions for Andrew's uh, answers. Thank you so much to everyone who uh, who submitted. Again, I, I apologize if I didn't 
quite get to your question. And uh, that will do it for episode 139 as we, uh, thank God, you know, we're we're back into hockey. And I, I couldn't be more excited. And I couldn't be more excited that, again, knock on wood, things seem to be opening up. And uh, I'll be able to report from inside the dressing room this season. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, please keep up with all the content that will be available via Newsday. Uh, uh, that's uh, follow my Twitter feed at Agros Newsday. Please go to the Newsday website, newsday.com backslash aisles. Uh, until the next Island Ice episode, happy hockey, everybody.